Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello, greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty, and I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I'm a Dynasty Freak. I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. And so do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store today. It's our weekly episode where we talk about stock up and stock down, players that we see rising and falling in my rankings that I do every week. And after that, we're going to bring on some of our fellow Dynasty freaks just to discuss some of the players that we're having opinions on, uh, some of the players that we're high and low on. And so let's start with some guys that are have the stock rising, in my opinion at least. Uh, stock rising as far as quarterbacks. I have Patrick Mahomes. Man, I moved him all the way up to my quarterback five. This is a fast rise. It's crazy. But I'm all in. Like after two weeks, that's it. He's already moved ahead of many guys up to number five. I love his weapons, and I love his, the coach that believes in him. I think that, that Reed and Mahomes should be at Kansas City for a very, very long time. And so I feel like he's a top-tier quarterback until proven otherwise. So I did not expect this at all, but I've moved him all the way up to my quarterback number five. As for running backs, as far as the stock up, I have two guys. One is Mac Breida, my guy. Um, I moved him all the way up to my running back number 32. Man, I love this guy uh, because I've been one, he's been one of my guys since he came into the league. I've always believed in him, and that could be to my fault. you got to admit some, fine, some uh, dynasty bias when you kind of believe in someone before people know about him. You're definitely prone uh, to more. You'll hear some about that when my, my guys debate him later. But uh, I've been on top of him since he came into the league. He, it's unreal that right, right now he's a leading rusher in the NFL after two weeks. Um, admittedly, uh, that's a bit of a mirage. I believe that. Um, but I also believe that there's this new role in the NFL where there's these smaller backs that are earning new roles and becoming like backs that you can start every single week. They may not be kind of your typical bell cow bats that we're, t- that we're used to getting multiple you know, 20 carries a week. But if they even touch the ball 10 to 15 times, they're so valuable, the carries that they get. I think with McKinnon gone this year, he's going to continue to eat. And I feel like, man, if, if he doesn't get hurt, he has the chance to really beat out McKinnon in the long run. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. My number two uh, running back rising in stocks is Philip Lindsay from Denver. I moved him all the way up to my running back 35. I mean, it's the same as I spoke about earlier. Like, I feel like there's a new role for this kind of back, and he's already moved ahead of Royce Freeman in snaps and touches. Now it's early. That could change. I, I still believe that people would should hope for Freeman, but, but I feel like I must move him ahead of him at this point right now, and my rankings reflect that. As for receivers, here's some of the guys that I feel like are on the rise. Uh, one is Michael Thomas from New Orleans. You might think like, well, how, how far is he rising? Well, I moved him all the way up to my quarterback or my receiver number three. Now that's not that much of a move up, but when you climb over Julio and Antonio Freeman, I mean Antonio Brown, um, it's worth mentioning. Like he's moved up to number three. He's we got, in my opinion, we've got um, Hopkins, and then we've got Beckham, and then Michael Thomas is all the way to number three right now. 
His route running, his hands make him uh, incredible, make me believe that he is way beyond, he's going to be successful way beyond his years with Breeze. I I felt like early on I tied a lot of his success to being with Breeze, but the more that I watch him, I believe that he's going to be successful no matter uh, who's quarterbacking long-term there in New Orleans. My second riser, which a lot of people disagree with, with me on, is Nelson Aguilar. I moved him this time all the way up to my wide receiver number 22. And I just believe in his pedigree. Like I believed um, in his, when when he was drafted, I drafted him. And there's one league where I dropped him, where I dropped him, you know, after a few years of not succeeding. And now I just simply believe that I made a mistake and that I should have kept hope in his pedigree, that, that he's the type of guy that we assume that he would be coming out of college. I really believe in his coaches. I love Philadelphia and their system. And uh, he was just a top rookie draft a few years ago. Um, But now I feel like the people who have dropped him maybe subconsciously are haters in the sense that they don't want to believe that he's good. And so I think that he's moved his way all the way up. Uh, The Philly wide receiver core is all banged up right now. So he's going to really get a chance to, to feed himself this year. And really went over, I believe, the number one role, even over Jeffrey when he comes back. I think he's the number one. Uh, receiver in Philadelphia. Third on my rising list is Will Fuller from Houston. I moved him up to number 37 in my rankings. Uh, The fact is that he just produces when Watson's in there. If I'm to be honest, I didn't believe that he was that good when he was drafted. He wasn't very high in my rookie, uh, (laughs) I said wookie (laughs) instead of rookie, in my rookie uh, draft list. But I feel like he's a different player now that he's been paired with Watson. And it's just as simple as that. Like as, the, as long as the two of those are together, I think he's going to continue to make an impact. So I'm moving him up to my wide receiver, number 37. Last on my receiver uh, risers, I have Keenan Cole from Jacksonville. I moved him all the way up to my wide receiver, number 54. Now, I'm not going to be seduced by a OBJ-like catch that he made, that ridiculous catch that he made. But I will be seduced by... The way that he's being used, the number of routes that he's running, the number of uh, snaps that he's getting, that they're using him on the outside instead of just the slot and moving him around the formation, I believe that he is very quickly rising and almost firmly established. Not yet. Once he's firmly established, I'll move him up even further, but I believe he's almost established as Jacksonville's number one wide receiver. Um, I think that Westbrook, I have a lot of faith in him too. He's the only one that's fighting for that. but I'm so glad that I nabbed him in a bunch of leagues last year at the end of the year when he was on his hot streak. Another risers that I have as tight ends would be Jesse James. I'll admit it, I moved him up, honestly, just because he's the number one tight end this year, which is incredible. (laughs) I don't think that's going to last. I honestly don't believe that it will last, but I moved him up to number 26 in the meantime. Uh, He seems like he's the number one tight end um, in Pittsburgh, so he's going to earn that role and Roethlisberger will keep throwing to him, although I don't really believe that it's a great long-term play. What might be a better long-term play, and I've moved him all the way up to my number tight end, number 27, is Will Disley. Um, I did not believe it. You you heard me uh, speak about it and write about it in previous weeks, but he's already, already up to 71% of the snaps for Seattle, so he's in there a ton, running a ton of pass routes. And I just have to admit, like, this guy might be the guy that wins the job. And so I've moved him up to number 27. They have horrible weapons right now in Seattle, so that might be part of the factor. I mean, with Baldwin gone, there's no one else to throw to. 
Um, I don't know what things will look like when they get Baldwin back or if they draft someone in the future years. But for right now, Disley seems like he's he's the number one guy in Seattle, so I've moved him up to number 27. Let's talk real briefly about some guys that are falling uh, before we bring on some Dynasty Freaks, guys that are falling. Well, running backs would be Devontae Freeman. Um, I moved him all the way down to running back 17. I think he was at like number 12 before that. It's sad to say because I have him in several leagues. I love the way that he runs. I love the way that he fights. He's so fun to watch. But I just suspect that he's he's kind of over the hill. He's on his way downhill. He's injured often. The way that they're kind of carrying the splits from the back half of last season to the, even the start of this season, the first game at least when they were both healthy, made me think that they're intentionally dividing the splits between these guys. And I just decided this week, like, I'm all out on Foreman. I've, I've, I've traded him, or on Freeman, rather. <laughs> I've traded him, and I'm trying to trade him in the other leagues where I have him. And we will see what happens with that. Other guy that I have stock falling for running back, it's not much of a fall, but I, I moved down Le'Veon Bell pretty cons- pretty uh, substantially. I moved him down to my running back number seven. He was running back number three before that. I know it's kind of still top ten, not a huge fall, but he could fall much further in the coming weeks because I feel like his holdout does not speak well of his character, nor does it speak well of his um, passion for football, if that makes sense. It sounds like kind of a narrative, but I I, kind of believe it. I think if you're holding out, you're not showing much commitment to playing in this league. I don't like it. I also believe that Pittsburgh is like the perfect position for him to capitalize on his talents and other teams not, you know, if they pick him up next year, they might not be the type of teams that can use him the way that they have. I could be wrong. Um, I don't believe that if you, uh, save a quote football year as far as like playing time that then you still don't gain an age year like you're still getting older so there's all that let alone the year of not playing those are all red flags for me and I'm not sure that he's not going to fall down much further down my list in the coming weeks particularly if he waits till week 10 to come back finally I've got three receivers that I would put on the stock down stock falling on these guys uh, first would be Demarius Thomas. I moved him down to my wide receiver number 34. Um, I felt like he just looked bad on Sunday. Sanders uh, at the slot uh, just didn't outperform him. It's not just because he's playing in the slot. Like He just outperformed him overall. And he seems to have a greater connection with Keenum right now. I've, I really feel like he's the better player. And that Thomas, sad to say, as I can relate as a Cowboy fan, I feel like Thomas is on the Des Bryant route. Their physical skill and the way that they win kind of reminds me of each other, and I feel like he is on that trajectory to be like Dez, not, possibly not in the league next year where no one wants him. Um, I only moved him down to 34, but I could see him falling much faster beyond that. Second receiver I have falling is Josh Gordon. He's moved to New England. Um, I moved him down to my wide receiver number 35. I know a lot of people are buying him right now, that he's within New England, feeling like he's going to be the next Randy Moss or something like that, resurrect his career. I just don't believe it. I mean, something's wrong when you have a team that shows patience with with you for so long and then they give up on him. I don't know. I don't have any stock of him, so I think, you know, we all have bias. If I had him on one of my teams, I might kind of be higher on him than I thought. But the fact is I've never had him on a team, and I feel like he's just not not going to last in this league 
and his best days are already behind him. They were probably already behind him years ago. So I'm not buying because of the trade in New England. Final guy that I have moving down is Marvin Jones from Detroit. I moved him all the way down to receiver 38. It's really simple. I simply believe that Galladay has replaced him. I finally moved Jones behind Galladay in my rankings. Um, I feel like he's a deep threat only at this point. Uh, Tate's the slot guy, so his role is is pretty secure. Like He's going to keep running the slot, getting all those targets underneath. But as far as the outside guys, I feel like Galladay has already proven himself as as a greater player and a favorite target of Stafford. And so he has now replaced Jones, superseded her of Jones in my rankings. And I don't imagine that coming back. I feel like Jones is uh, moving down the ranks and could fall fast as well. So I'm happy for you if, ha- if you have some of these players that are on the rise. I am sorry for you if you have some of these players like I do that are on the fall. Try to get rid of them when you can. Try to buy the guys when you can. These are my stock up, stock down players for week number two in the 2018 year. Now let's bring on some dynasty freaks to talk some of the stock up and stock down of players that we have in our leagues. All right, well, I'm going to welcome on some of our dynasty freaks. We've got Shane and Dave here to join us again. Uh, welcome, guys. Good to have you guys. Good to be back. Yeah, we're going to make it happen. Today, we're actually going to discuss some guys that we're kind of have questions about. I think some of you guys that are listening might have questions about as well. We're in a bunch of leagues together, so there's so many guys that we either have or are on each other's teams. Discuss kind of some of our opinions on the different guys. Um, so I'll get it started off and just ask you guys a few questions about some of these players. Uh, first, I'll ask you about... One of my guys in many leagues. What do you think about Devontae Freeman right now? What do you think, Shane? Whew. Well, for the next several weeks, obviously, not real high on him. But, uh, I mean, long term, he's been a, a pretty reliable running back one or two. Probably more of a running back two now, high end two. Um, I think he still has a, a couple good seasons in him. I mean, Tevin Coleman is a free agent at the end of this year. And from everything I'm hearing, it sounds like he's probably not going to be back. So I, I think he's probably got some good value for the next couple seasons. Yeah, I would, I would echo that. I mean, I, if I was a Freeman owner, I, I wouldn't be looking to move him specifically with the, in a dynasty when Kev, Tevin Coleman probably is moving on and they'll certainly, they'll bring in someone to uh to to spell him a little bit but the opportunity is going to they the person coming in may not be as talented as heaven thus uh you know freeman may get more of the uh more of the show and so you know injuries are injuries but i I would hang on to him personally you you don't think they'll go to ito smith for the number two doesn't seem to be the same caliber player (laughs) as heaven coleman but maybe i'm misjudging the man all right so then you you have to weigh in on my trade now because I'm the opposite. I'm, I've got Freeman in three of my leagues, and I'm looking to sell him, and I actually did sell him this week. So what do you guys think about my trade? I traded Freeman uh, and uh, Heath Burton for Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, and O.J. Howard. Is that something you'd be willing to do, or did I make a big mistake here? Because I'm, I'm kind of out on Freeman. Uh, I think you just said Heath Burton. 
<laughs> and? It's Trey's cousin. Oh, Trey, Trey cousin. Actually, oh, I actually have a really good friend named. <laughs> I have a good friend named Heath Burton. <laughs> He's... Actually, if you traded Heath and kept Trey, that's probably pretty pretty awesome on your part. <laughs> no, uh, Heath Burton was a guy in our fantasy league and we have our church league. And if you leave our church, you get kicked out of the league. And this guy left our church, and so <laughs> he's no longer in our league. So uh, maybe a Freudian slip there. So sorry, Heath, if you happen to be listening. <laughs> Trey Burton, that is. <laughs> so he's still allowed to listen to podcasts. He just can't be in your league. Exactly. <laughs> Leave the church. You're no longer in the league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I, I guess it, it all hinges on how high you are on Chubb. And, uh, and, and, you know, face value, I, I would probably go the Freeman Burton route if, uh, if I were just looking at it, but it really Chubb ceiling is, is extremely high. I'm a Georgia grad, so I'm a Chubb fan, but, but he, he has to hit the mark for you to, uh, to win out. He certainly could, but again, with, with my thought is Freeman's got two or three strong running back one, running back two years. Burton seems to have a very bright future. And uh, and so, I, in my opinion, I would probably take the other side of that. But I don't know what you think, Shane. I think in the short term, if Freeman is only going to miss one or two more games, I think this year I, I might like the Freeman-Burton side. But I really think Chubb is going to be a beast. And so I think long term, I, I think I like your side. Um but it does have some question marks because they're definitely not going to Chubb yet. And Hyde seems to be doing pretty well so far, but just kind of wonder how long he's going to be effective. He just, you know, he's always getting injured or uh, just doesn't seem to get used as much as, you know, we in dynasty and, and fantasy think that he should. So uh, and, and I'd say long term, I like the that- side. It's my understanding that Hyde's contract is is largely front loaded, right? That that they can exit after yeah. this year and not so. have a lot of not have a lot of dead money. So it, they wouldn't have picked up if they weren't going to give him the reins. And and so it's it's you know I, I hope he kills it because I I like him as a player a lot. Free Nick Chubb. That's what I was hoping on. I mean, for me, I felt like I was going kind of for a two for one, in the sense of Hyde who could go somewhere else afterward. Chubb was my number two running back in the whole draft and the rookie draft last year, so I felt like I was getting my number two prospect. And I like O.J. Howard over Burton, Heath Burton, and Trey mm-hmm. Burton. He's he's definitely better than both of those guys. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Although Heath is a sleeper, <laughs> he's a sleeper. Nobody's heard of him except me and <laughs> our listeners now. <laughs> Let me ask about another guy. Uh, one of the guys on our list was Will Fuller. What do you guys think about Will Fuller after his uh, great w- great week two after being inactive in week one? Yeah, you know, for, from my perspective, um, I, I'm a Fuller fan. It, it, it seems like he has, uh, based on what what the way last year finished, and of course, one game is not a big not a big data set to, to look at, but it seems like he has a a connection with Watson. It seems like that offense supports more than just Hopkins. He's young. He's got elite speed. And you've got a, lung ta- a young talent core 
that you could really build around them. And if, uh, again, we're all UT grads, so maybe we think Foreman is <laughs> better than he's actually going to be. But you've got a young talent core at those positions that you could have a really good team there for. So I, I, I'm a fan of Fuller. Yeah, I am too, especially as long as Deshaun Watts is healthy because they've just got a connection that's unreal. Um, I've got some stats here. They played five games together, and here's Fuller's numbers. Eight for 113 and a touchdown, five for 125 and two touchdowns, two for 62 and a touchdown, two for 57 and two touchdowns, four for 35 and two touchdowns. He's got eight scores in five games with Watson, and I don't know how long they can keep it up, but I know they're going to keep on going to him, and it seems like Watson and Hopkins are really the only two guys that I really trust on that team, and they're both going to eat. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like I feel like he's coming in. He wasn't a high talent for me as as far as his rookie drafts, but but since he got paired with Watson, it's made all the difference. So I think I think he's the real deal for him. What about Doesn't he have like tiny hands? I've heard that he's got a he's a small hand guy. Like, like three-inch hands or something? And Deshaun Watson throws the ball really slow. But <laughs> somehow it still works. What about David Johnson? I know, Dave, you're a big Dave, David Johnson guy, so you got to be a little bit worried. And I understand there were some uh, behind-the-scenes trades between you two uh, in regard to him. So share, share your value. What were you going for, and what do you, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, you know, I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the player. Uh, it's it's a little bit sad, the uh, the offense he's going to be stuck in, at least this year. And 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 again, maybe Rosen's the real deal, and maybe they're going to be able to to turn it around. But I think uh, Johnson's new deal is a three year deal. Is that correct? And so he's he's kind of put his short term future in the hands of an offense and a coach mm. that doesn't seem to be leveraging him like Arians did over the past uh, couple of years. And it, it makes me sad for him as a player because he seems like a really good dude in his vision. He had to be in a thousand rushing, a thousand receiving. And well, I tell you through for through two games, it's just criminal, the usage. And uh, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a hold Shane. Shane trolled me with an offer <laughs> to see if he could pull the boy for me. And uh, no, I think I'm going to see what, uh, see if the stock goes up again. Yeah, I'll tell the offer I offered Yeah, you got to confess. Yeah, I offered Dion Lewis and a first-round pick. So I didn't know if he was starting to hit the panic button yet. I figure it's worth a shot to see because I agree. I, I love the talent, and there's nobody else getting it done there. I, I think they've got to start finding out ways to utilize him better. and just, I can't believe that they're not throwing the ball to him. Yeah, um, but I, I think that's got to change soon. And I think the coach came out this week and said he would change, but saying it and doing it, you, you just don't know. That's nuts. What about Jay Ajayi? Any feelings toward Jay Ajayi? Don't really like his knees. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, uh, I'm not real high on any one particular back in that backfield. Um, they use Sproles a lot. Um, Corey Clement 
I think is uh, going to, uh, from what I'm hearing, I don't know if Ajayi's playing this week, and they're expecting a, a pretty big role. Um, but even long-term, I just don't know how committed they are to him. So he's a guy that I don't, I don't think I have any shares of, and I'm not looking to acquire him. I'm the same way, and and, and, uh, he's a guy I've I've never owned. He's never someone I've really sought, and and I really do think it goes back to when he came into the league when they just talked about his knees being bone-on-bone, and it was just kind of a ticking time bomb. It it just – there's just so much risk that sits in in somebody like that that, you know, he's had some monster games. I mean, what, he had two or three 200-yard games at Miami last year? So, I mean, the reality is he's got talent – but uh, and it, it just hard guy for me to want to own given the risk involved. Yeah, I've got a couple of shares of him and not too excited about it right now. <laughs> uh, largely. What's from, your opinion of Corey Clement? I've got him in a number of number of leagues, uh, kind of some where I have a Jai just to kind of be a backup. I, I feel like he can be. I felt like he was a steal when I got him, but overall, I don't think he's going to be like a long term asset for them. It's kind of more like a handcuff situation or just a guy to have as a backup in case Ajayi gets hurt. That's how, how I'm kind of rolling with him. I'm playing against Shane this, Shane this week in a league, and I've got them both, and we're just waiting to see <laughs> who's going to get the time and put one of them in or maybe take both of them out. I mean, that, I feel like that's kind of the case with both of those guys. And Philadelphia's offense, the way that they just rotate guys in and out, um, Kind of drives me crazy. I don't. I, I think. I don't think that's like a long-term strategy for them. That they're not very committed to having like a monster back. They're just going to keep rotating guys in and happy to have cheap guys on their roster. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's got an opportunity to be. You know, can't imagine Sproles playing much longer and and you know kind of having that Tevin Coleman, Chris Thompson, Austin Eckler PPR value flex kind of kind of possibility that seems pretty real but the idea of him being an rb1 or even an rb2 does seem to be a more of a stretch than a reality he seems like a guy that would just frustrate you that he'll go off and have a decent fantasy game when you're not expecting him to so he was on your bench you didn't get to take advantage of it then the next week you decide to give him a shot and he goes back to two points and you bench him, and a couple weeks later he has a decent game, and you never really get to take advantage of it because you can't predict when they're going to use him. Yep. So that sounds like somebody that I would probably end up having on my roster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind having them if they're going to be like, you know, just on the, on the back end in case something happens, but I agree. I've got a lot of those guys, and they don't help when, when you got a bunch of them. What about uh, John Brown? We brought him up as a guy that has kind of some question marks. Certainly has seemed to make a resurgence. What do you guys think about John Brown now with Baltimore? Dave, what do you think? I know we have him in, we have him in a league together. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a, I've always been a fan of his talent. And, Justin, I know you, you, hung, on, you hung on to him in a couple of leagues uh, through all the, all the journey. Um, I, I'm a real fan of his talent. And if he could stay healthy – he, he could be a Will Fuller kind of player with a quarterback who trusted him and gave him those opportunities. And maybe that happens with Flacco at the Ravens. Maybe that waits till Jackson. But uh, he's, he's an elite speed talent. 
that uh, you just can you trust him? You know, from a health perspective, will he be on the field? You know, I don't know that he'd ever be an RB one, but he could be a high upside RB two play, and may even be that this year, you know, based on the way he started. What about you, yeah, Shane? I'm I'm kind of cautiously optimistic. He's definitely looking really good this year, and I didn't expect anything from him. You know, for his sake, I, I hope that he's able to to stay with it, and um, glad that he's healthy now. But you know, don't know how confident I am that he's going to be able to continue. So if I could get him cheap, I'd go after him. But I don't I don't know how much I would give up. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know in a dynasty. I'm in a few redraft leagues, and I drafted him in my last round or two of all my redraft leagues, and that's kind of been money, money like a great bet so far. But but hard to know in dynasty. It's still kind of hard to know what Baltimore is going to do long term uh, with their receivers, just kind of bringing everyone in all together. But I'm hopeful. He seems to be the best. He's the most targeted guy on their team right now. I'm a big mm-hmm. Crabtree uh, guy too, and I'm starting to realize that I think John's the number one and Crabtee's number two right now. So that's the way it goes with Baltimore after a few weeks anyway, as far as we can tell. What about, uh, let's talk about some kind of controversial guys in the midst of some weird stuff. What what about Le'Veon Bell? Shane, what are your thoughts about Bell? I know you have him in one of the leagues. You are fortunate enough to have <laughs> to have uh, Connor behind him, but what are you thinking long-term with him? Yeah, when when I got Bell, that was the first thing I did was make sure that I could grab Connor. And it took me about three or four offers before I finally got him. Um, just with the suspensions and injury risk, never thought that there'd be a holdout risk. But uh, for this year, man, I have no clue. I'm going to ride Connor as long as I can. Uh, there was no way I would trade him. Yeah, long term, I still like Bell. I, I think you know he's he's going to have another contract, and I think he's probably got two to three years of solid RB one production in him. Um, just don't like the way he's going about it. But I guess if he's looking out for himself. He's probably protecting himself, but I don't think some teams are going to really look too highly on the way he's just completely destroying his teammates. What about you, Dave? Any bell thoughts? Yeah, I'll tell you what's going to be fascinating is if he holds out until week 10 and he comes back in right about playoff time, and if they figure they're not going to keep him and they're just going to absolutely burn him then uh he could be a really interesting last couple of games and into the playoffs kind of guy right i mean he could be a turbo boost what's interesting is it's a dynasty owner and, and i've got he and connor as well in the league well when bell goes next year and he signs somewhere connor certainly seems to be auditioning well for the mm-hmm. role and so when you think of next year you could end up with two yeah. really yeah. strong strong backs and mm-hmm. uh and, and i think connor Largely was more of a thought of protect Bell, but as it's playing out, he's doing he's really strong. And all the hype out of preseason was Connor's really talented. And so now I'm kind of starting to think about you know the future might be pretty bright on both of them. Did y'all ever think about selling one of the two of them since y'all both have them in either leagues? Did you think about trying to sell one of the two, and if so, for what, or do you just want to hold the whole time? I didn't really think about selling. If I would have sold anybody, it would have been Bell. I, I didn't want to keep Bell without Connor, but 
um, just with the the risk of you started hearing about the holdout and being the last year of his contract and you don't know what his situation will be like next year. I don't know that I could have gotten enough value if I would have traded him. So I didn't really look to. And Shane, while not wanting to sell Bell, offered me a trade for Bell. <laughs> I must have panic written all over my face because Shane trolls me whenever there's a suspension or an injury. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're figuring out one of my strategies. <laughs> That's awesome. What did so, I offer you for him? I don't remember. Uh, let's see. Actually, you know what? Ironically, it was Will Fuller in a first. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. That's what I was yeah. thinking when you said, like, it looks like they're definitely going to part ways at the end of the season. Like, if you could hold on to one starter, trade another starter, and get something good for him, I wonder if that'd be a great way to go about it right now. I personally am kind of losing confidence in Bell, um, both from a, I don't know, it, it feels like maybe a narrative or whatever, but I feel like when someone kind of quits on their team or is willing to do stuff like this, I just feel like they lose a lot of respect, and maybe that doesn't really happen within the team, but I don't think this is a good situation for his free agency. And I also feel like Pittsburgh was like the perfect offense for him. And if he's just to jump in some other offense, I'm not confident that he's going to be great. And so I feel like he's starting to fall down my ranks. Um, not really sure what to think about Bell. And moved him down this week to, I think, my running back number seven, if I remember right. So definitely lower than he's been in, in quite a while for, for dynasty running backs, for sure. But, but let's throw does. a hypothetical and say... Well, he's a Philadelphia Eagle next year. How could you not be excited about Bell's talent? You know, may not play out like it did in Pittsburgh, but the guy is just an uber talented individual who's going to be given the lead role and mm-hmm. paid a lot of money to do it. And so I'll, I'll, I'll take that bet, I think. Or a Green Bay Packer. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm, I'm kind of soured on him. Y'all can y'all can keep your hope alive, but you own him and I don't. So if I owned him, I'd probably be <laughs> in your shoes, more hopeful. In the same regard, what about Winston? Uh, it seems like a brother may not uh, get another <laughs> get another start this season the way Fitzmagic's been playing. Um, I am a Winston owner in multiple leagues, so come at me, tell me how I'm screwed for however long, whatever whatever you guys think about Winston. I think one of my favorite moments of the 2018 season so far is Fitzpatrick's interview. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yep. Uh, you, you know, I tell you, uh, I, I don't. If I had Winston, uh, I, I'd be. Con- I mean, I was already concerned because there just seems to be a certain level of knuckleheadedness that he continues to perpetuate, and uh, I, I don't think that hard knocks last year necessarily did any favors <laughs> on thinking this is the guy you want to trust your franchise with. And then this year, is, it looks like it's going to be a diminished value. You know, obviously the suspension, but now maybe even they stay with the hot hand. You can't sell him because he's an uber-talented guy, but no way would I buy him unless I just thought I could find a panicked, a panicked owner. So, uh, I don't know, concerned. Yeah, Justin, you traded him to me before the season started and yes. when I hit accept 
I was already regretting it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And now even more so. I don't know if he's going to get the job back this year. I mean, if if Fitzpatrick continues to produce, I don't see how you can pull him for Winston, especially if Tampa Bay is winning. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty concerned. And I I really thought that he was, you know, coming out, I thought, man, he's a – a top five dynasty quarterback for the next decade. And now I, I don't know if he's even, you know, in my top 12. Yeah. I think you have to move him down overall. I'm still pretty hopeful though. I think the Fitz magic thing's going to last a while and, and it could ride out this year. I still believe though, that he's, he's going to be a top 10 type of quarterback, all those weapons. And I, I don't think they're going to move on from him. So there's reason you should still be hopeful. I traded you for the very old Philip Rivers and, and other assets, but <laughs> so I was that was a win now mode for me, not not a long term move for me. So yeah. I think I think hang on to him and you'll you'll be in the better in the long run. Maybe uh two more two more guys here before you wrap up. Um, what do you guys think about Brita? The the leading rushing back in the NFL right now, Matt Brita. Bring it to me. You know, you know, Dave. I've loved him for this long. Prove me right. Yeah, you have been a massive Rita fan. Uh, you probably own more shares than <laughs> anybody I know. And and you were when when in our reality sports online, you were a big proponent of us getting him, which we did, even though we haven't played him because our team is too stacked. We're stacked. But uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I feel like. His current production is more a product of Morris not having it than necessarily necessarily Breida deserving the lion's share of a backfield. And so, obviously, McKinnon's – I don't know exactly Breida's contract status. Justin, you probably do because you own a lot of shares. But, I mean, McKinnon signed for several years, so it'll be a shared backfield. I'd, You know, again, startable, flex, RB3. But the idea that he could be a legitimate RB1, RB2 asset, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd still, I wouldn't buy him at that price, and I would delightfully sell him at that price. I hear you. What do you think, Shane? Yeah, I mean, he's getting a lot of hype right now, um, but we're only two weeks in. I mean, they don't have a whole lot of other guys to go to. They've got Alfred Morris, who, you know, it definitely isn't going to catch any balls. So Breed has got that that role wrapped up, but I'm, I don't think he's got a real high ceiling. Um, and just in case you're, you know, thinking, man, two weeks in, he's proven it. Here's the leaders last season, two weeks into the 2017 season, Trevor Simeon was the number one quarterback. Uh, Ty Montgomery was the number three running back. JJ Nelson was the number two wide receiver. Uh, last year, the number one tight end two weeks in was Jason Witten. The number three tight end, Kobe Fleener. Nice. The caveman himself. That's true. Could be early. So, I just... My, and, my main thing for him say, is... I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go no ahead. You, you go ahead. I'll give my last defense <laughs> after you guys slam him down. Come on. I was going to say, that's right on the heels of me saying, I think Fitzpatrick could start the whole year when <laughs> <laughs> he, he might be just completely an overreaction. 
So. Yeah. My one thing is I feel like there's like a little bit of a change right now happening in the NFL where there's these small backs like him. Like he, he is small for sure. Um, but it feels like there's just guys like him popping up everywhere that have really made considerable roles on their team. And so my thought is just long-term, particularly if you're, although he doesn't catch a lot of passes for his, in his case, but if you take like a an, an Eckler or a uh, Chris Thompson or um, uh, who else am I thinking of? There's, there's other guys that just kind of are filling these roles right now. So I feel like like just a small back like that, or Philip Lindsay was another guy I was thinking of. That's the mm-hmm. guy I meant to mention. That I'm not sure there's like this new kind of renaissance in running backs that's that like these kind of backs that are just, you know, maybe catch a few balls and maybe get the ball 10, 15 times, but they end up making 100 yards out of it and can break one at any, at any point. So I'm still hopeful. Well, i tell you, in a PPR league, guys like James White – are, are uniquely valuable, which, you know, again, we were standard. How long did it take our classic leagues to shift? Actually, they still have it shifted, right? Yeah. They're all standard. Only our, only our new one. We're all just old farts. But, uh, but I mean, the point is it, it takes somebody like that, and if they're going to get receptions and touches, that's a really valuable guy to have. Yep. One last guy to talk about. What about uh, Patrick Mahomes? Where's Mahomey in your QB ranks? You believe in the hype, like long-term dynasty? Is he way moved up, or or you still have some question marks? I'm a believer. I know I just recited all the guys that we overreacted on two weeks in last year, but, man, he's got so many weapons, and he throws such a nice ball, um, especially the deep ball to Tyreek Hill. Um I just think it's going to be hard for him not to succeed. So I'm in. Me too. So let me ask you this. If, if it's a dynasty quarterback startup draft, you take him over Wentz? Yes. Do you take him over, over Watson? Yes. I think so. Wow. I think I moved him up to my QB5 this week. So <laughs> in, in a dynasty startup, I'd even take him. Oh, we missed the punchline because of a frozen screen. He's just building suspense. <laughs> Here he comes. Oh, did I, did I cut out? Yeah. In a dynasty startup, you would start him over. Yeah. This, but this section is, this segment is sponsored by spectrum. Internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As it says on my screen, poor network connection. <laughs> no, it was a sarcastic <clears throat> comment. I'd take him over Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Would have been yeah, well played. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that uh, you could doubt Mahomes. I mean, you know, again, maybe is he is he all that he's hyped right now? But the reality is, what a great offense, what a great coach, great coach. Yeah, he's got the physical talent, and and he hasn't just been good; he's been elite good over these first couple of games. And I thought he showed last last year well in, in, in the games that he did play. And so, you know, again, as, as Longhorns, I, I wouldn't think the next great quarterback would come out of tech. But <laughs> I tell you what, he's he, he seems like the real deal. I'd love to have Mahomes stock in Dynasty, and I don't have any. And he's too hot to buy now. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, too late. Good deal. 
Well, thanks guys for making time to chat tonight. Appreciate your advice. And well, that's a wrap this week, my Dynasty Freak friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at thedynastyfreaks.com. Class is over. You're dismissed. Until next time, go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. 